Well, welcome to Theology Jam, and it's been a while since Matthew and I have been able to get together. You've been a busy guy, Matthew. Yeah. You? you know, with, with your PhD work, and you are done your exams now, and trying to get in the habit of being in, in the real world again? What's yeah. that like? Yeah, no, it's been a, a bit of a challenge. We've, you know, I finished my uh, exams, which is sort of the reason why I took a little bit of a hi- hiatus from this, and um, yeah, just trying to get back into the routine. Good, of good. life and school and all that stuff. So, well, well, welcome back. So you know, I can you know here we are, theology jam with uh, my good friend Matthew Burkholder and myself, John Korkadakis. Uh, we're both here at Village Green Community Church in London, Ontario, Canada. But we take opportunity to to talk about you know important issues that are happening. Um, but as as we've just communicated that uh, Matthew's in in the throes of starting up your thesis proposal for your PhD. Mm-hmm. So for those who are listening, it's something you could be praying for as, as Matthew continues to navigate that. Uh, I have a new book coming out, um, which has uh, been typesetted, and Amazing. I'm waiting for the cover proposal to come from uh, the publisher. So I'm really excited about that. I've started to see the initial endorsements coming through, like Amazing. from the president of our college in, in seminary. Um, so I'm hoping that's going to be uh, early in the new year that that'll be ready to go. So I'm I'm excited about that. It's called "Touching God: Discovering Prayer That Moves the Heart of God," and um, it's been a it's been a labor for the last little while. So uh, mm. the two of us have something significant happening yeah. in our lives. So that's really kind of cool. But today we want to we want to gather together after we've been apart for a while and talk about the digital world that we're in, especially as it relates to the church. Um, I happen to hold this view that I believe we can have authentic community, but in a digital world. Mm. And I know I'm not um, I'm the oddball mm. when it comes to this entire topic. Um, you know, because I've heard over this whole pandemic is that you can't be virtual and be a true community. And I'm not sure in the eyes of everyone that we're trying to reach that that would necessarily be true. I'm not going to argue that, that about the biblical worldview, because the biblical worldview obviously was written at a time when you just gathered together, um, and that was just the natural way to do it. Right. But uh, at the same time, um, I think it leaves uh, uh, open the possibility for, you know, virtual to accommodate some of the things that we think about when we think about a biblical community. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of my premise. I think, I think we, we, you know, throw out virtual um, unnecessarily mm. as, as a valid option for people. Is that fair? Yeah. I, I guess uh, what would be the, um, sorry, just your previous statement there, you said we can, we can sort of, we can be a community in the digital, in, into the digital, in kind of the digital world that we live in. in. In what way would we be able to, like, what would, I guess my question, what, what, what would that, what does that look like really? Like, what? I'm not, yeah, that, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, you know, if you if you think in terms of a person's personal needs, you know, I think, I think we we expect everybody to adopt a one-dimensional view of community, mm. 
And that's not necessarily a bad thing because as, as people who are authentic believers, we do understand that biblical community is a, is a pretty deep relational component of, of our lives. And there's something to be said about the face-to-face personal interaction that we can see people, uh, their, their, you know, emotional situation, the, the one-on-one, you know, um, be able to see all the nuances of, of their communication with us and just to share in a common, you know, when you in an auditorium and you're sharing worship songs and, you know, sharing in the message and all of those kinds of things, those are important components. But if you're sharing something together, what's, what is it about the digital community, if you're doing that, that doesn't make it real for some people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, even as, as you're talking, I'm just thinking, you know, even that word real, right? I think sometimes we've even, um, we've approached the, our kind of digital life as this kind of non-real experience, not realizing that, you know, when we are saying things online, when we're communicating online, when we're sharing things online, we actually are, like, we are communicating things. Yeah. And we are are communicating uh, ourselves, and we are actually affecting people, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. And it is a very real form of at least communication in the sense that... um, you know, you say something hurtful to somebody over a online message or whatever, you know, instant message. That's going to still that's still a real form of communication, right? Yeah, I I I believe so, and I think, and and I think when it comes to the virtual world, I call it the two E's of the virtual world. When we talk about you know engaging people in a virtual way, whether it we're you know buying something on the internet or whatever, there's a practical element to it. Okay, but when it comes to church, we're either doing one of two things. We're either entertaining mm-hmm. or we're attempting to engage. Right. Those are the two E's when I think of in the virtual world. And I think for most people or for most churches, just because we're broadcasting out there, we think that's enough. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily enough. That's that, I, to me, that falls into the category of entertaining. Right in one way or another. It might not be the kind of entertainment we, we normally experience, you know, with some of the things like Netflix and, and stuff like that. But if there isn't a lot of engagement, natural engagement in what we're doing, then, you know, at the heart of it, really, we're just entertaining. Mm-hmm. Or we're just, you know, broadcasting something for somebody to consume, which isn't necessarily healthy. And I think where I get really uh, impassioned about the whole virtual world is how do we engage people? How do we bring the whole aspect of engagement in a way that fosters a sense of community deeper than just entertaining, you mm-hmm. know? It, what, what happens when, when you know, you meet somebody and you say, uh, and you find out they like a particular show? And they've been watching the series and, and all that stuff. Don't you feel a sense of bond with that particular person right away? Yeah. Because they understand the program. They, yeah. they understand the show. They get bought into the characters. All of a sudden, you're part of this community that watches the, this particular program. Um, and there's some elements of community that are already built in because of that commonality. Mm. 
Uh, I don't know why we ignore it when it comes to church. All of a mm. sudden, it's wrong because it's church. Yeah, that's that's a really uh, that's a good point, right? Uh, um, that that sense of community when we're when we're sharing in the because I mean, essentially, when we're when we're doing church, in a lot of ways, we're telling a story, right? This, there is a there is a narrative element to what we're doing on a on a on a Sunday morning weekly basis, right? We're telling this, this story. Um, I, but I think for me, I I agree though, that, that kind of idea that church is just becoming a form of entertainment, like is, is there might be something about that shared experience when you, when you are both involved and engaged and invested in a story on Netflix, but we don't want, I don't think we want church to become uh, a type of Netflix show. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like right. where, cause like you, you can binge something and, and you're done. Right. Or you, you sort of, um, you sort of engage with something and then you put that aside and you move on to the sort of the next, the next show on Netflix. Right. If we're going to, we're going to run with the Netflix analogy. Right. But there's, I guess there's something about that that we can, learn from, but I think it's, it's like anything really, any way we, um, try to live out, out the faith and the church life, there's always going to be, it can, it can easily go, get out of balance in lots of different ways. Right? Yeah. 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 I just think we need to be really intentional and, and, and maybe not throw out the literal baby with the bathwater when it comes to to virtual. I think we can be far yeah. more intentional. Well, you know, uh, go to a football game what, um, nowadays or go to a concert nowadays. Rarely do you go... I, I remember, you know, when I was younger, we'd go to concerts. I'd, you'd be in the back 40, right? Mm-hmm. Barely see who's on the stage. But that was that's what you got to see. You were part of the shared experience mm-hmm. with this crowd. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, with the modern technology, you go there. You could be in the back 40. But now that there's these huge screens on either side of the platforms and the stages, mm-hmm. and you're, you get drawn in closer to the experience because those screens are there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's an added element that we didn't have previous. And I'm just saying that um, it's an added element that's been given to the church that if we utilize, and, and there are churches right now that are utilizing you know, the live stream in a really powerful way because they've, they've dialed in this whole opportunity of how do we engage people. Right. And I think if there's, if there's something for me in, in my heart is I would love to see us get better at engaging the live stream community in a way that draws them in even further to the experience that that people are having in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think with the, you know, it's it's kind of a, it's it's becoming a complicated a complicated uh, word, um, but even from a perspective of evangelism, right, with the ability to uh, communicate the gospel. Why wouldn't like why wouldn't you want to utilize every method that yeah. you can to yeah. to sort of communicate uh, the message of of the gospel? And I think, but I think, like you said at the beginning of the of the episode, um, it's not you can't just put all your eggs in the virtual basket, right? 
You can't just sort of... Right. Uh, I don't think, you know, evangelism, communication, the, the putting, getting the message out, uh, allowing people to sort of uh, participate in this the information, because digital is information, right? That's only one aspect of, of the Christian life, right, is reaching people with information and allowing people to sort of uh, hear hear the message or engage with the message. But there's also the sort of the shared um, shared life that that people need, right? And so it can't be just, it has to be one component, I think, in, in the life of the church. And it's, we would, we would be wise to not ignore it. But even it just says, ref, like reflecting on, you know, I like, I, we made the switch at the University of Toronto. Uh, basically everything went digital, right? And uh, so we had to sort of make this, our course, I finished up my coursework uh, by switching to the digital sort of, uh, medium or whatever, and now I'm now I'm back on campus, right? Yeah, and now I'm like I went I've been back a couple times and and just like seeing people in, in in person and walking around and looking at the the building and the the paintings and the, <laughs> the architecture, right? Like there's something like there is something about that, um, but the reality is is I was able to continue my education. I'm like I still have students that I'm working with right now who are who are getting their education, their tutorial discussion groups, you know, they're asking questions, they're they're learning, they're engaging with each other but over Zoom, right? And that's something that it's a, it's an incredible privilege. Like I I realize that, you know, yeah. like at, at a different time during a pandemic that we've that we've just experienced, life would have just shut down. Oh, absolutely! How School many... would have stopped, yeah. right? Like uh, church would have stopped. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, I think it needs to be utilized and used, uh, but in the broader context of 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 the life of the church, which is a which is a a an embodied thing. Right, it's yeah. a it is a physical thing too, right? Yeah. Well, you know, interestingly enough, we have we we've had people uh, just recently at the church, you know, sort of call the office and say, you know, we'd like to start attending in person, uh, and we've been listening online, and you know, we've gotten comfortable with the church. It's you know this huge open door, which a lot of people, a lot of us recognize that mm-hmm. the, the digital world is now the, the the foyer into into the church so it's been really neat to see it practically work out that way and we've had so many visitors at our church of late and one of the things that almost exclusively is you know they checked us out online they've been listening for a while and and one couple in particular like been listening for a long long time until they finally decided to you know literally darken the door of the building which, which is really kind of cool. And, and again, you know, a mere 20 years ago, that would not have been the mainstay of what we're experiencing now. And this has been a really quick transformation. But I'm just, I, I guess I'm a bit ahead of the curve at not um, seeing the digital world as, as a necessary evil, mm. the way, you know, some ministries are treating it. I see it as as an incredible blessing from God 
and a great utilization if we do it properly. It's just like anything else. You know, you, church can be the sage on the stage, people in rows, <laughs> you know, very one-dimensional, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. I just think it's time for us as churches to think of the digital world in, you know, new ways and ways that are inventive and ways that are going to touch people's lives in very practical ways. And, it, and it's... Uh you know, like like using sort of looking to sort of other contexts in which social media, the internet, the digital age has been effective. I actually just read something yesterday. Uh, you may have heard about this. There was a a man on TikTok who was complaining about how small Parkinson's pills were. Oh. Uh, and he was he made the point that like these pills are small, and they're really hard, obviously for a person with Parkinson's, with Parkinson's yeah. to be able to 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 digest and put in, right? Put their mouth and, and take. And so within like a week, this video m reached some person who decided, I'm going to design a pill. <laughs> so within, a, within, within days had designed this new pill and didn't have a, an, an ability to make it. So somebody else with a 3D printer Right, went and printed this thing, and then they were trying to get a patent, and they were going to just sort of make it like this, this free thing for people to use. And so, you know, like that's that's a pretty amazing story about one person sort of communicating this need in this kind of world of this digital world, hearing something, being able to meet someone's need, um, and then coming together as a as a group and a community to to do this. Quite, quite remarkable thing, right? And that's yeah. that can be, you know, that can be what that can be the power of of a digital community, a digital world that we live in. Um, actually, just engage encountering needs, right? Yeah, that might we might have never thought of uh, uh, before, right? Yeah. yeah, and you know, and and you know, as as a pastor of of a church, it's. I've, I've been shocked how many people have kind of uh, whispered in my ear how much they enjoy being home mm -hmm. and, and watching church. And they're guilty. They're absolutely guilty about it. And, and they feel that, that it's, it, it's, it's something that they shouldn't be doing. Now, I know there's difficulties with that because they're not serving. Mm -hmm. They're not, you know... Um, utilizing the gifts that, that God has given them, that's, that's, that's a problem, right? That, that is definitely a problem. But, but who's not to say that if we weren't a little bit more intentional with our, with our online community, if we didn't, you know, um, ask them to serve, you know, based on their context? What, mm -hmm. what if they, uh, we asked them to be part of prayer teams? You know, that we communicated on a regular basis. What if we had them, you know, do serve? Maybe there's somebody out there that's really good at writing policy or writing, you know, yeah. certain certain things. Uh, I think there's a whole number of ways that we could utilize people with the online community to serve the church for the betterment of the church. And um, I just think those are areas we have not yet even begun to exploit yet. Mm that is going to build community in a way that I think is going to be inventive, creative, but at the same time, keep people engaged in a way. 
And I think for, for some of those people, they will eventually come to the church as, as we've had examples of the last little while of people mm-hmm. coming. And I, uh, just even this, uh, you know, personal anecdote, but like after my exams, I've been really tired. Yeah. Like I've been really exhausted, uh, you know, and, um, and there have been times where I just, I, to be honest, I just don't, I just need to be by my, like I need to be, I, I don't want to see people. and it's and it's not that i don't love the people at my church and but like you know there have been a couple weeks since finishing my exams where it's just i am i'm in need of like rest and uh and i and you know i was able to i was able to watch uh you know from home right and in and still uh like hear your message and and you know see people worshiping and you know, like there is, there's a, there, there's a space for that. There's, there has to be like, we live in this world where we can do that. So why wouldn't we? Right. Well, I've had people say to me, you know, um, ever since I, you know, the times that I am online, the messages seem to be more intimate for me Mm -hmm. because again, it's just the context of the digital world, you know, the narrow focus on the message and, and, you know, uh, whatever is on the screen that predominates the screen. Mm. It, it just has that natural ability to, to, to speak into people's lives in a very different way just because of the intimacy of the screen in yeah. front of the person. Um, where if you're in a crowd, it's, it's, it's different yeah. in, in that respect. So um, I'm, I'm early in this journey mm-hmm. um, as, as, a, as a pastor thinking about this. But I think it's really um, a new horizon that uh, I would love to be at the forefront of. Um, and I don't know why. Um, yeah. You know, at my age, I should be not thinking of these things in a future-oriented sense. But who knows? But in, in a lot of ways, the, obviously, the church online footprint is, has been around for a while. But I think we've, we can learn from people even uh, who have who have maybe not done this thing so well, right? Where it became more about like a brand yeah, or it became more about a content for, to just get views. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you can, you can easily switch, um, in uh, a church environment into a sort of a machine, right? That's just trying to get, get views. And, and we all know, right? There's people that get views by being provocative or oh, yeah. getting views by being uh, offensive or loud or, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm it, in my mind, I'm thinking of the Mars Hill Church in Seattle, right, with, with Mark Driscoll and sort of that. Yeah. I mean, they became this massive enterprise, this massive machine, and they were filling, you know, filling up their church with thousands of people and they were getting millions of people watching him preach. But it, it, it became all about like a person. Yeah. It became yeah. about a, like a, a man yeah. and his brand. And that can be, whereas before that might've happened in a, in a, in a local context, but now we have to just be careful. We're, we're not, uh, we're not trying to brand ourselves and, and sort of, uh, you know, become in social influencers for our own sort of sake, right? We are, you know, we have a brand, I guess you could say, and that is that is that is 
Christ in, mm-hmm. in the church. And, and I think as long as we are aware of that and realize that people don't, like people don't want that anymore, right? Like yeah. I mean, we don't want, we don't want like uh, our church to be places where celebrities are, are sort of worshipped, right? We want we want something real, which is a challenge in the digital community. But I think if we do it if we do it well, if we do it right, we do it with some sort of humility. Um, I think we'll, you know, I think that maybe is a good map okay. to do it. Okay, the downside of the digital. Let's talk about the downside. When because the challenge is 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 you know um, we always talk about there's no such thing as competition in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, but very few pastors don't feel the tension when people start going to the popular church in the city and you're losing people because they're not being fed, you know, they've heard all this kind of stuff. The digital world, what it's done is actually multiply the tension of competition, you know, a thousand times because anybody on a Sunday morning can dial into, you name it, Mm -hmm. across the world. Why are they going to dial into you? What is it about, you know, your little, you know, corner of the proverbial church world that that would draw them draw them to to you? That so that's that's a big tension point. And and let's face it, it's that very thing of community that is going to be the draw factor. Mm-hmm. It's it's they feel a connection, they feel something of value, and uh, that's why I think that if we improve the connective and community and engagement components of a live stream, we're going to see it actually um, improve, okay? I had somebody at the church recently say about our live stream, oh, it's good enough. Mm. I nearly I nearly retired. I nearly <laughs> resigned because if that's the attitude that we have, yeah. we, will, we will die. Yeah. Um, so I never want to. Hear, I never want to hear that again. I've heard that too yeah. about certain things, yeah. and you hear that, and it it it, it grieves you almost. Oh, right? it absolutely grieves you. Yeah. You know, for me, like my my the majority of my uh, sort of service in the church has been music, right? And so, music and media, those things kind of go hand in hand. And yeah, good enough. What is what is that? What is right? that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine Jesus say, ah, "It's good enough. It's good enough." <laughs> And there's and the and the tension between that and uh, perfectionism too, right? Perfectionism yeah. is is yeah. A, is the is the flip side to that coin, right? But but, but, but that's the difficulty of the digital media because yeah. everybody's used to you know mm-hmm. websites that are polished, yeah. you know, all this kind of stuff. They're used to watching programming that is absolutely polished. Like everything's polished, everything's professional, everything's done to a particular standard. Then all of a sudden they check into our little church service, you know, or, you know, I'm trying to be, you know, contrastive here, but, you know, there's an expectation Mm -hmm. and rightly so. Yeah. But it needs to be uh, functional too, right? Like it needs to be, it needs to be, it's it's serving its purpose well and and doing, you know, you want to see people who are doing their best right yeah you want people at their best um but yeah it's yeah well you know you know our time our time is almost up maybe maybe we can continue this conversation uh, a little further on down the line but thanks for being here. It's good to good to have you back and yeah in your proverbial seat uh, yeah. on, on this podcast. 
Uh, again, Matthew Burkholder and John Korkadakis here with uh, Theology Jam. If you have questions or if you have uh, a topic that you would love for us to tackle, then you can contact, it, contact us by emailing theologyjam at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, and I hope you've enjoyed this latest installment of Theology Jam and hope to catch you next time right here at the same place, same station, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, same argumentation. How can we do? All right? All right. Take care. Until next time. Bye-bye.